getting bad out here. Yeah, cut, yeah, cut this, cut this, cut this all, cut this all. <laughs> cut everything I said from that joke. Just cut this Your all. Speech. This is why you're a special guest. You're not a host also. is because like I can't trust you to keep things. No, no, seriously. Welcome to episode two of Podcast X. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Keys. Hello. And special guest, Kofi Outlaw. The wheel just fell out of my chair. I'm about to fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome to you and your, uh, I don't know, missing a wheelchair. Today, we are going to be talking about the Halo TV series finale, as well as just our thoughts on the series in general. Um, you know, you may have all seen us bantering a bit on social media. So we got some we got some representative perspectives of how people have felt about that show being as divisive as it is. So we'll get into that. We'll also talk some Marvel television um, news here at the end. We'll just do kind of a short segment on on catching you guys up on what's going on there and how we feel about it. Um, just a reminder before we get started, if you are listening to this on one of the old podcast feeds, please, please, please switch over. Um, because we are going to be discontinuing those uh, in relatively short short time. I'm letting it ride a couple more episodes, maybe, just because um, the you know we just got on Google Podcasts and a couple of the other podcast platforms. But if you are listening to this on an old feed, switch over to the Podcast X feed itself. You're going to have to go to your favorite podcast application and uh and search for us there make sure you get the right podcast x because there's a couple other ones floating out there and then you'll be all set to hear us uh every every week so um let's just jump right into the halo tv series um i am i think i will let rob go first because rob probably has (laughs) the strongest strongest opinion about this actually Maybe I should go first and the the other two will balance the other two will balance out. So, okay, I'll start. I'll actually start this one. Sure. Um, Okay. So the Halo TV series uh, is not what I expected it was going to be. And I think that is probably a universal feeling among a lot of different Halo fans. Um, Anybody who's like familiar with the series has, you know, read the books and, you know, played the games and everything. I, I don't, imagine this is kind of what they thought um you know paramount showtime was basically going to do with this with the this series. excellent paramount plus streaming network that's right i forgot i forgot yeah i forgot uh kofi has to also rep paramount plus while he's on while he's on our podcast but that's part of the deal that we made um the licensing deal that we made but I am sort of here for it, though. And that's I think I've been kind of, you know, joking around with Rob online and and defending it. I do see problems with the series. And I do think that some of the more kind of ridiculous and laughable and sort of memeable moments from the series deserve kind of the lambasting that they are getting on social media. I think, you know, we're going to be talking full spoilers here. So anybody who hasn't seen, you know, the show yet or seen the finale, um, you know, we're, we're just going to jump right into this, but you know, master chief having, having sex with a covenant spy was certainly one of the weirder things that the show could have done. And I, I think the biggest problem with that is probably that it wasn't 
earned um, and wasn't executed super well. I'm not against the idea of, you know, Master Chief getting down and, and making a connection like that. I mean, you know, we don't know what he was doing in his off time in the games anyway. Maybe he was maybe he was hitting hitting up the, I don't know, you know, like UNSC soldiers or something like that. But um, but I, I agree that some of those things are kind of weird and I understand why people had issues with them. But I do think that it's a bit of a, there's a bit of kind of a conflation of poor execution on moments like that and overall frustrations with the show not being more, quote, halo or in line with what the games and books maybe portrayed, you know, Master Chief to be. I personally am kind of glad that they've gone on some of these tangents. I'm not sure that the finale pulled them all together. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff with the insurrection plot and, and things like that that, you know, don't even appear in the finale. And so it's clear they were trying to set up this world and this universe for expansive sort of TV experiences. But it doesn't all come together by the end of the finale. Um but, you know, they also changed showrunners in the middle of the show. And now the current showrunner is leaving and they have a new showrunner for season two. So there's obviously been a lot of turmoil, a lot of different things, a lot of moving pieces. But in general, I still like this version of Master Chief. I still like seeing a lot of, you know, John 117 with his, you know, helmet off and interacting with people in in kind of a more human way, like a, a Halo TV series especially like maybe a halo movie you could have gotten away with it just being more of a video game adaptation and recreating a lot of our favorite scenes and and characters and stuff like that in a more traditional way but as a tv series that they're expecting to go for several seasons and be kind of a flagpole of the excellent paramount plus um you know streaming service i think i think you had to do this i think you had to crack it open i'm hopeful that season one is just kind of a clunky and sometimes sort of weird mix of really great and really bad ideas. Um, and that season two kind of locks into place. But I am here for a lot of these kind of crazy ideas and, and changes to the mythology and, and where that leads us. I will hand it over to Rob because I Rob will probably uh, have some good counterpoints for some of this. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I haven't actually said too much about this. I, I When I saw the first few episodes... Um, I was sort of like you. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm in it to see where it goes, right? And, and mainly because everyone here has played Halo. We are very knowledgeable or, or fans of the IP. We have history with it. We grew up with it. The franchise has been around over 20 years, right? So I think we're going to give it a pass and are kind of locked in regardless. Um, but certainly I've seen Pablo, the star of the show, as Master Chief and taking some risks and taking off his helmet. Uh, I was okay with all that in the beginning. Uh, I did not realize though, uh, 95% of the show will be him without a suit and helmet. <laughs> and also as a master chief, he wouldn't be, you know, fighting that much or, or leading any armies or inspiring any armies. In fact, I didn't realize the army would be working against him. That was all interesting. <laughs> there are a lot of ideas in this show. Uh, you can tell there's a, a lack of vision, um, and consistency, uh, paired with a very low quality of filmmaking and a very low tier of cast for a show that is reportedly $90 million, $10 million an episode. I don't know where they spent that. Um, the, the Spartans are kind of cool. I like how they, you know, for people who are fans of the game, seeing the different versions of the armor, seeing their Spartan code code numbers, uh, uh, they, they, they hire these people because they are video game people and they have voices to play the Spartans. Yeah. Uh, when they start making them take the helmet off and act, 
it, the show falls apart, much like the rest of the cast also cannot act, except uh, the, the lead who shouldn't be doing that much acting. Um, you can surround it with good characters and they didn't really do that. And the one character they could have paired him with is played by Bokeem Woodbine, uh, uh, who's awesome as this character named Soren, who's kind of like this uh, lone wolf Spartan, of course. But his whole story is separate uh, and has virtually nothing to do with the main plot. And uh, it's also terrible. It doesn't go anywhere. It's on a planet that just doesn't shouldn't really matter. Uh, it's goofy. The, this show comes off as like uh, an old low budget sci fi channel show, like Defiance, if you haven't seen that. But um, for for video game fans who are fans of the IP, I think it's watchable. Like I'm watchable. I'm curious to see what happens in season two. Um, I don't want to give it a pass. I think the CGI is bad. The finale is messed up. The dialogue is just terrible there's a reason they went through showrunners over and over again there's a reason the creators of the halo game franchise are shitting on this publicly on twitter there's a reason xbox employees are shitting on this on twitter uh for fun or to, you know uh, go check out any halo the series twitter tweet and look at the responses it's I think there's a consistent response to this and it's a shame because there are a lot of halo fans that waited 20 years for this you know there was almost a film that microsoft tried to make microsoft tried to play hollywood you can read many articles about that on our sites, comicbook.com and screenwrite.com, um, about the history of that, how Microsoft tried to play Hollywood, not realizing Hollywood can just get in the phone with each other. And that kind of ruined the old Neil Blomkamp, Peter Jackson film. And I think what, over iterations and iterations and attempts to make this a film and then a TV show, I think we ended up getting the worst version of it. Uh, and it feels 15 years out of date. Um, compared to modern sci-fi content offerings, uh, this is you know, and all the shows I've watched in the last year, this is this is down there with Star Trek Picard as the two, the two worst I've seen. Um, and it's a shame because it's, it's such a prime time for this kind of big budget genre fair. You know, we just got like the foundation and For All Mankind on Apple. We got The Expanse just ended up. And Ben, I know you're a fan of that on on, on yeah. Amazon. And even on, on Paramount Plus, we have Discovery finished season four very strong. They took a new direction uh, and they did, they I think they did really, really well season four and they just launched Strange New Worlds, which to me is the best start to any Star Trek show ever. And I've seen every Star Trek episode. So that, that means a lot, but this is, this is like, uh, this is bad. Um, that being said, like you, Ben, you know, I, I love Master Chief. I, I hope they can spend money and make some big battles. I'd like to see them expl- explore like the actual war. Like they're fighting this, this, these, the covenant for the games and they're barely in the show. They're served as a backdrop item, but there's no, exploration of the mystery of that there's no explanation of the war there's no direction to where that's going it's just it's 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 all these closed sets with bad actors and bad dialogue so um and and uh oh my gosh and we can get to the nitty-gritty details later but burn gorman gorman plays this like super stereotypical villain with oversized black <laughs> trench coat with these always like terrible actors wearing these shitty costumes and using prop guns that are not from halo and in the worst fight scenes ever like it's it's man it's bad um yeah the whole insurrection is dark is quite is quite weird i i really expected that to come back in some way by the end of yeah. the finale and make it all kind of worth it and it it's only worth it because you know it's world building that maybe they'll do something with in the future but i don't but, think but why the, Gordon... the show should be about the halo ring and the war or something or or, or that's that's focus on the character like i'm okay them taking a direction they focus on character right a lot of people the basic complaint people have is like oh it's not enough action but that's okay if it's good character stuff that's even better because those few action moments will mean more right um we've always had this conversation even about star wars you get some of the craziest dialogue yeah. in those lightsaber fights right it's this is kind of the, the other take other version of that i suppose but um you're not getting that. If this is like about Master Chief discovering his controversial or origin and then rediscovering his humanity and then having to inspire others, we don't get any of that. 
And the moment he clicks in the final battle, instead of him learning to be the human version of a soldier and stepping up, he just gives up and AI takes over. And that's when we get the big fight scene when it's not even yeah. chief. It's like they failed at the fundamental level of the main character to tell that arc. And it's, it's like, I, you know what I mean? Surprisingly enough, the thing I hate most about the games, Cortana, end up being one of the things I liked most about the, the show. Yeah. I think her development is like the only one that actually seems to develop. And Kai, who's you know not necessarily a talented uh, star, was a very likable character. And yeah. I will say, again, yeah, I didn't finish this point earlier. The, the, the actors who played the other Spartans, they're all literally voice game actors. From Mass yeah, Effect, yeah. Assassin's Creed, Battlefield. like They're not actor actors. They've been in some things, but they're all voice actors. I thought that was interesting. I think they'd probably put a little too much on them in that respect. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised the rest of the cast was so bad as well. Um, on screen anyways. I don't know. I can't speak for their talents. The show is not great. But um, there's a lot of details we can get into. like the, the artifacts being weird plot devices in MacGuffins. The portal thing with Quan's story, which seems irrelevant to me. Um they may just drop that in season two. I, I'd be in favor of that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, before I, I just keep harping on details, uh, Kofi, who, uh, who works for this network, I'm very curious what uh, what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck, fuck, first of all, fuck you. That's like such a painted <laughs> opening. No. Um, yeah, I do work for Paramount. Um, I have been unabashed. I mean, if you want to listen to my other podcast, pod, you know, Comic Book Nation, we've been unabashed in our support of Halo. Um, I hard disagree, and I now that you've tainted my kind of entry, let's let's give the people a real thing, okay? Because I was going to categorize this into people depending on who you are and how you come to this show. So Rob Keys okay. is like very much. Oh, they're saying I'm hot. Hold on, I also have noise canceling headphones, so I'm probably yelling. Hold <laughs> on, let me turn off my noise cancellation. Here we go. Now I can stop yelling. That probably makes a lot more sense there. All right, there we go. So, uh, yeah, Rob Keys is very much a video game fan and loves him some video games if you've ever watched his streams. So he's a hardcore gamer in this. So he just gave a dissertation that sounds like, you know, gamer Twitter put into a person, <laughs> um, which was all very good. And I'm not going to argue the validity. I don't uh, like the game story, by the way, just to clarify. Or the last three Halo games. But, yes, you're right. I am a hardcore gamer. <laughs> okay. Um, as somebody who was very much played the Halo games when they first came out and uh, was there midnight for Halo 2, and I played the initial trilogy, and then I kind of fell off. And I never gave a fuck about the story because, to me, there was no story to Halo. There was just you run to different areas, you shoot different things. That was the games. And that's all I've been connected to it since then so i just came to the series just trying to see what it was going to be and how it was going to make running gun video games interesting to me in the least um that said i think there is two things that halo season one does well one it establishes a world that can be explored in many different ways that actually would make me want to see multimedia, multi-platform explorations of it as like shorts or, you know, as TV seasons or just other kind of ways they can do it. That would be kind of dope to me now. And it gave me enough core characters that I, I really like that I want to follow. And I, I, I hard disagree about the acting. I think, uh, the guy who plays the general, the the lady who plays Halsey is is like a famous, I mean, character actress, and like she's fine. Um, 
Pablo is the man. I love him as Master Chief. I love seeing a version of Master Chief that made me care about the guy inside the armor uh, and that whole thing. I like that we ended the season with the twist of going in the opposite direction and kind of giving people what they want. And it is kind of free in this freakier fashion of just having the blank Master yeah. Chief we actually had in the games kind of sitting across from us. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that. But um, I think I will say that I don't trust any of these COVID productions. And I and I think I think we're still doing this very dishonest thing where we're all sitting around kind of talking in normal terms about, you know, shows and movies and things like that that are coming out. And I just wrote a whole article in comic book saying we need to reset our expectations for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Phase 4, which, you know, we'll get into soon enough in this podcast. But, um, yeah, this it just becomes clearer and clearer the more you put together this story that all of these COVID productions are a mess to a certain extent. None of them are really complete. Like, none of them are what was kind of feels like a full vision of what was intended. It all feels kind of hackneyed and there's always clear spots in every movie and every TV show where shit was just shot and they rushed whatever they could cobble together into that place. And like, yeah, it's, it just feels like if you've ever watched screeners and you've been in the industry, you know, you get a screener and you know, you can watch a screener and just tells you, when they're incomplete, especially TV shows, you can get it before all the final vis, like, you know, visual effects are done. And you just see like weird scenes where things are like half, you know, rendered <laughs> or stuff like that. Um, and so I'm not trying to make excuse, but I, I think that it's a thing that's bothering me about the industry in general right now is that we keep trying to pretend everything is normal. And that's, you know, goes to from everything, you know, from World War Three on the brink to like what happened with Will Smith at the Oscars, like nothing's normal, like everything's kind of, kind of a mess. Um, and I think Halo is another example of that. And I think it's clear to me that this show was made on a very, very quickly sliding scale of how much money, how much filming, how much, you know, actor focus and effort and how much tension, you know, with director and creators and writers, was going on in the whole cauldron of a mess and the chaos of trying to get this thing done and onto the screen. Because I think you can tell for me, it's a clear just sliding scale of the earlier episodes being a lot stronger and just like visual effects, what yeah. the scenes were, what the points were, the character arcs we were building. And like that pilot to me was excellent. Like, I think that was one of the better pilots I've seen in a long time. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And so and I, but I think it really did culminate around like episode five, that big kind of mid-season battle where yeah. they lo- lose the artifact to the brute. That battle to me was awesome. Like I love that. That was like the one big buzz where everybody kind of was like, okay, well at least Halo. Yeah, you know, I mean, fuck Halo, but like at least that battle. Was awesome. <laughs> but, like, um, and I think that's where the rest of the budget went uh, because. I think the pilot was one of the best pilots I've ever seen. I think one of the finale, the finale is one of the worst finales I've ever seen. Um, you can tell in this finale episode that the budget really did run out. 
because yeah. it, it looked the whole thing looks like somebody doing previs for a video game sequence they wanted to yes. run yeah i agree yeah. and they just like it's not even a tv show it's just like literally like previs for a video game sequence we wanted to run from the layout of the they ran out of frames and some yeah. cinematics yeah and <laughs> like when we had to zoom out and just do generic army of covenant soldiers running in i mean it was almost <laughs> like you know, I had to check my own so like sobriety. And I was like, no, I'm like, this is the middle of the day and I'm working like and like and I'm totally sober. Like this this is looks weird. It looked like reboot, like the TV series it did reboot. Look, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So that was like this finale was not good. They could tell they ran out of money. Everybody just stopped giving a well a fuck and was just like, let's get this thing in the can. And yeah. it was probably and, like get to longer. season two and yeah, yeah, I mean, and you just yeah. know everything is all fucked up because we get these weird numbers, like nine episode seasons and shit like this. Like, yeah, it's just getting, it's just getting crazy. And so, like, yeah, there was just a mess, and you could tell, like, you know, they had already bought a second season. They knew they were changing directions, and they're just a whole bunch of shit. They're just like, you know what? Half of this isn't going to matter to next season. Like, fuck it. Yeah, like, <laughs> one big battle. Let's get out of here. Like, and we're going to end with like you know master chief being video game blank master chief everybody's happy shut the fuck up video gamers there you go and like and you I, know that's what we got i did think it was funny looking at the visual effects of this episode as you know i i actually i got a high hopes going into this part because they do that single take shot of him jumping out of the you know them preparing and then jumping out of the pelican which actually looked i thought pretty sick the way they're all kind of coming in a frame and interacting and then he jumps out and he you know lands on the grunt or whatever i thought i was like oh man we might be in for something kind of cool here that's like on par with that that episode five one and then it's like it really does i i was telling one of my friends i was like well People who were complaining that this wasn't enough like the video game are probably going to be horrified at the direction this goes because the visual effects look like a video game cutscene from like the PS3 era or, you know, I should say PS3. With no like background, Xbox flat desert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Xbox 360. It's like the elites had their, you know, had their helmets on. So you couldn't. You couldn't really see like, you know, the skin effects or anything on them. And it's clear they spent their money on like the brute kind of battle there. But even that, like all these people were dropping in and it you just knew it was going to be just a ridiculous kind of, you know, CGI bunch of nonsense and nothing was grounded. So I, I 100 uh, percent, I mean, agree with that. It's like it, you know, and they just kill off McKee like. I mean, I know she was a controversial part of this story, but like after all the time that we spent trying to develop that relationship into something that we're supposed to care about to just kind of kill her off. I'm sure well, people I'm were excited saying, about like, that. You can see it. You can see the turning point where somebody came in and was just like, okay, like this Clear is the deck. Much. Yeah. yeah. We're getting rid of this. They're going to bang. We're going to do the old bang them and kill them. Like, you know, Bond style. <laughs> like, this is how it goes. Yeah. Bang them and kill them. Like, yeah. And it's just the thing. I, I disagree about the acting. I thought the, the lady who did Kai was, I think that lady is going to be a star. I mean, what, like there, she could do Xena. There, there's, there's room for the kind of, you know, yeah. character acting like a Xena thing. 
just in Halo and other character TV character stuff. Like she just has natural charisma. Like she's, well, she's I think she's very likable. She, I don't think yeah. he's terrible though, and especially those dialogue scenes. I, I didn't remember say she walks I didn't, I didn't say dialogue. But no, she was good. <laughs> I liked her with um, Halsey's daughter. Those episodes when they yeah, like those were that's great. what I'm saying. Those earlier episodes actually had the kind of right pacing, the right pairings, and everything. And the later episodes, like yeah, after the battle scene where you know they tried to put the spy and then have them connect and do that, like I got what they were going for, and like she was somebody Master Chief could understand. But like it all got muddled, it all got messy. Only cool thing I liked was Spartans beating the crap out of each other. Um, yeah. and yeah, so the end was a mess and I'm, and I'm not going to lie about that, but, um, I think that this is not the first show we've seen agents of shield where you can <laughs> really have a first season that, that it, arrow that is, you know, is good in one half and not so good in the other half. Right. Like, however right. that shakes out, uh, Luke cage, um, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shows we can think of like that. That's all to say, like, you know, some of those same shows turned out to have sophomore seasons that are really good and, you know, a lot stronger. Um, Arrow being one of the best examples with the whole Deathstroke arc in that. And I think once they let poor Pablo, uh, you know, Schreiber out of a basement because they had to gag order him because he was he was he was uh, if you ever met Pablo Schreiber, he's not one to hold his tongue about things and play the industry game so that guy's been gone for a minute he's been gone till november <laughs> while they've had to run this show because he's been openly like yeah that guy sucked i hate this thing i can't believe you guys like yeah he's <laughs> he's been keeping it real um but he's also said and other people said yeah but season two is looking like it's gonna be a lot better and like already cast seems like they're feeling more confident about it and uh, i think when you get like i think we got some good feedback about what works and what doesn't and i think we can go from here and really tighten the show up yeah um, um wait before we move like on we, kofi yeah on here what do you what do you think of the other like kind of like main plot the uh soren and kwan magical plot uh with the space uh, sorry not space the uh i have no idea what that's all about yeah, yeah yeah i have no idea what that's about <laughs> i hated that episode like i said the end half of the season was you could tell it was a sliding scale after I think the last of the focused effort was on that big battle episode. And then the rest was just mess downhill. I kind of wondered if they weren't trying to like slip, like if maybe that had been intercut previously with the finale. And so like those two things were kind of climaxing at the same time. Um, And you were supposed to kind of have the resolution of, you know, chief is now, you know, kind of subdued because Cortana is taking control of him. And then, Quan is like discovering this ancient portal or whatever it's going to be. And those are kind of your cliffhangers for season two, but they kind of decided like, we don't want any of this shit in the, you know, in the finale because it is such a mess. So like, and it isn't coming together in a way that feels satisfying. So we're just going to slam it all into one episode and try and the portal has no context or seemingly nothing to do with anything right even yeah. the search for the portal or, or the potential fall of reach hell, eventually yeah. or the or the covenant like it just has nothing to do with anything it's so in fact today because we're recording the podcast i actually forgot how that arc ended i rewatched episode seven i think which was the uh quantum yeah, episode, episode, i'm like wait yeah. i'm like what happened to them what, where did they end up i didn't remember i just remembered soren had a ship and money and 
Quan had a vision with her father. I, I didn't know where. Like, I thought, did it go somewhere or connect? And I rewatched it. I'm like, nope. That's that's it. She finds a in her vision. She finds a you know, uh, which a little, is odd considering well. she was the kickoff <laughs> of the show, right? Which, yeah, her yeah, family was the. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, but that I mean, planet like, yeah. in the mining operation and that that villainous army who's working for the UNSC doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything else. So it's yeah. all very no, odd. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. Like straight up. I, I almost wish they had like. Because they knew they were taking off Showtime because it was like a bigger budget temple. They moved it to Paramount. They were committed to do season two. It's, they're, I imagine they're going to just eat it and go for the long haul because the Xbox is behind it. Um, yeah. I almost wish they just kind of cut it down to six episodes and just really focused in on yeah. the Chief, Forge, and Dr. Halsey stuff and the mystery of it and just drop the – and maybe fold in Soren into that and drop the whole magical story because it didn't seem to do anything. So um, – yeah, and but like the Covenant spy, um, McKee, like she was actually good and frightening when she was like yeah. covering people with worms and stuff. Like, what is that, by the way? What, what's with the the brood worms things? Like, what was that? Is that, uh, is that her? <laughs> I thought I thought she was brood. Maybe. I thought, you, she was, bro, like, I thought you guys knew. I thought you, the gamers knew. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because they never go back to that. She just has like this. Like, I thought it was like the brood, which the Halo from the first game. The Halo is a weapon to fight off this brood invasion, wherever yeah. it is, right? And yeah. then there's. These worms kind of vanish. They're not from. Are you talking Earth. about? Wait, are you talking about the flood? Because it was the flood. flood right? I'm sorry, not the brood. The flood. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking yeah. of um, Zerg, Zerg, yeah. and Starcraft stuff. But yeah, yeah the, the yeah. flood. So you're the gamer here. Um, well, I yeah, I mean, I was just waiting for them to tease the flood in this finale, and they didn't. So, so I, I thought she was maybe like a human manifestation of the flood, but she's not. She's just a human with a little finger sword, and that yeah. she's. They never touch on those worm things again, which seems to be the most effective weapon in the in the universe. So yeah. um, they're just in Halsey's lab, right? Like, aren't the just like dead ones now in like Halsey's lab in the corner? I don't or know. Something? I don't know how Maki controls them. Is this a covenant weapon? Like, we never see them again. So I was, yeah, very, I was quite very weird. Uh, yeah, we all yeah. thought that we were going to get the arbiter and like all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot of weird I'm stuff sure that was in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just, I will. I will shout out some people, though, that I do think are genuinely good in the show. And, like, so Olive Gray is Miranda Keys. I think Miranda Keys is definitely one of the characters that kind of holds the show together. I think you ca- you called out Captain Jacob Keys earlier, who's Danny Sapani, um, who's, like, in Black Panther and some other things, too. Um, That's my last name. Yeah. And uh, so I thought they were great. I thought Kate Kennedy was good as Kai. I agree that there's some limitations on you know, the acting there and stuff. But I also think some of that's just the writing of that character. Like she's likable and they kind of just leaned into that, but there is uh, having to, I guess, sort of communicate. You guys just forget when she walks into that weapons room with Miranda keys and it's episode three and she's like looking at the weapons and it's like, I guess a scene designed for fanboys where it's like, this is the needler and all like the Spartans are talking and referencing words from the game. It was so, I think cringe. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought I no, was lost again, it. hard disagree. <laughs> I thought this show did better with cheesy gaming lines than anything because Paulo Schreiber pulls off a line, Cortana. I know how to play the game, and I, and I was there. <laughs> I was okay. Up, like, I was okay with that. I was looking out of DiCaprio meme. I was like, oh, he said the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> like, yeah, that was great. I mean, to pull yeah. that off is just that like, one yeah, that balls of steel. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just like, oh, while he's just while they're doing POV helmet, which looked great in that in that battle episode because it looked like real life and looked straight up like Halo Two in this episode, this final one. <laughs> Those yeah. POV shots were rough, bro, rough, yeah, uh, and unnecessary. Uh, you don't have to do that, like. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with that. Um, fun fact, the person who plays Dr. Halsey was in the Truman Show as the woman who he's, like, in love with and, like, shows up at the... You know, Bro, like she's the female... The dude, she's in everything. She's the female lead in um, the Robert De Niro, one of my favorite movies, the Robert De Niro movie, Ronin, which they yeah. replay on uh, the excellent Pluto TV service every freaking night. Like, yeah, she's the main female lead in that. Like, yeah, yeah. she's been in a lot of stuff. She's yeah, she's great. She does a great job in uh, yeah. She was in Californication and stuff too. She's great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they've put together. I even like Quan Ha. I just don't understand like kind of where that character fits in long term. I I kind of feel like Quan Ha was like a like a Baby Yoda situation, and then they saw the Mandalorian, and they were like, oh well, we can't do this shit. So uh, she's gonna go off and do her own thing now um, because we can't have our big silent helmeted protagonist just like taking care of a kid the whole time. I like how uh, she, the, the, the desert wizards tell her she's a, uh, or she finds out she's the protector and every person she's been with has died. And she had to get protected <laughs> by two Spartans. And it's like, Oh my God, are you watching your own show? Uh, her yeah. dialogue is pretty bad in the finale too, or episode seven. Yeah, finale, yeah. But um, yeah, I want her to yeah. be the next Wolverine. She roars a lot. <laughs> yeah but charlie murphy is the person who plays mckee um she's been in other things that people have seen too like peaky blinders and things like that and like i actually i actually liked her like i i saw something in that character and i think it's what you're kind of talking about kofi like early on when she was going to be this sort of ruthless you know spy and she had these worms coming out of her and she was kind of just I don't know, like blank looking in some ways, there was like something kind of haunting and interesting there. And I mean, it really does just go off the rails for sure at the point at which everything sort of seems to go off the rails here. But it's a bummer because I actually think that actress is, is pretty talented. Um, and this, this does her dirty, I think. Uh, no, she was good. She has a crazy androgynous thing kind of going on, you know, yeah, she, yeah. they should throw in some 80s stuff, some 80s yeah. throwback <laughs> stuff. should be great. Uh, no, but, uh, I'm saying this, but we have like an interview running, like as I'm looking at our Twitter feed. We, so uh, yeah, no, no, but she d- did a good job. I think that like, yeah, it's weird because she was like the blessed one, and then they're like, we're just gonna kill her. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, well, <laughs> did you really like need all this from a human? Like, what? I mean, she could. I don't know. It's a lot. It's, it's I, a the weird thing is, I still don't have. I'm not any closer to understanding any of the actual Halo mythology. Yeah, I mean, I can't understand the artifacts, like what they do. They they give they give two people visions of the past, but only them. They also blast away people sometimes, depending on who touches it when, I guess. They create star maps. When, you're, when your effects taking, budget is maxed out, they will blow away the extras. And they also allow you to communicate while frozen. Or it's just like, it's just random plot things they do. And these um, are, yeah, these are like precursor or like forerunner artifacts. Like that's what they are. I mean, that's what we're supposed to they haven't they used are, that they? terminology at all or, or ex- yeah. explored that yet, but um, they're, they're random MacGuffins at the moment because uh, yeah. they couldn't afford to go on build a Halo set. <laughs> uh, so they're doing that instead. Um, and they couldn't afford Covenant, so they sent the uh, McKee in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I actually thought, and this is, you know, and we don't have to belabor over McKee, but I think, you know, when you're like thinking about it from a screenwriting standpoint, I understand the function of McKee early on at least, which is like, it puts you in the room with like the covenant. So it's not just a bunch of CGI characters talking to each other. Um, because then otherwise you are kind of watching a video game cutscene. So I'm sure that's part of why they did that was like, we need a human here 
who is going to kind of be, you know, the face of the covenant because we're going to save money on CGI. And also because then we don't just have them all like in a room talking to each other. And, you know, there's not an actual grounded human being in there. But yeah, yeah I mean, what they do with it is, it's, is bonkers by the end. of I, it. I, I actually thought her role and I was kind of willing to give it a chance was more not just that part of it, which is absolutely true. But the other part of it is the show like the show keeps jumping into and then forgetting that the idea is like humanity isn't worth saving. Humanity's bad. So they give her a flashback episode where humans are treating humans terribly. Her and her friend, like another kid gets killed and she has a connection to the book, which master chief brings up later. Right. Um, and then Halsey's whole thing is like humanity's problem is humans. Right. And, and so her goal is to, I don't know, turn everyone into AI robot clones and ascend that way, which is sort of the Cortana arc in a little bit in the games, right? Um, and and you see how they created these Spartans. It's by like manipulating families and stealing their children and giving them clones who will die, like awful things. So humans are terrible, right? That's yeah. kind of like the message here. And Chief, who is the least human of us, has to become the most human and show us the way. And they abandon yeah. every version of that thread and every character <laughs> who's playing to that story. Everyone, right? So it's like – and Man, then just kind of, enjoy and, the Rick Sanchez of it all, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then McKee, <laughs> like a who's like, reaction oh. Rick Sanchez. She's just doing it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And McKee, who's like seemingly developed to be like, she has a real reason to hate humans because of the way they did to her. And these covenant people, like they sort of adopted her and saved her and developed her into the, who she is now, this vengeful being, like the, the reverse of Master Chief. Within 30 seconds on, on Reach, she, she turns into a seemingly good guy and then humans fuck it up and turn it back into a bad person so it's like it's just all over the place it's a directionless so none of those themes carry through and it's such a waste but uh you know they kill her off in it anyway so that that solves that problem but i like the idea you don't have to tell the story from the covenant's perspective now they can just be this horrifying force in the back and humans are struggling to find a way to combat that but you never get the sense that humans are getting owned by the covenant because we're always in these rooms on reach which is this beautiful iPhone like world, which is, you know, eventually going to be destroyed if they follow the books and the games. But like we never see the war front or or a map of humans getting owned by this covenant forces. And with one time we visit a covenant location, it's a hill on a desert with the awful CGI we saw in the finale. So like they just they fail to emphasize the backdrop or this direness of the situation. They fail to capitalize on the humanity aspect. And the lead of the show just gives up and it becomes the Cortana thing at the end. So it's, it's the, I think every shot to me is a misfire, except that it's Halo, we all love Master Chief and we're all willing yeah. to give it a chance. So I think, I think for people who have zero interest in Halo at all, and maybe never play the games at all, like I, I, yeah, I couldn't possibly recommend this as a show to watch, but versus what's out there. Right. Uh, and I, I mentioned some shows earlier, but there's a lot of great content yeah. right now in sci-fi that's so much better than this that deals with character over action as well right like you know foundation and uh, the expanse being great examples of that it's all just characters in the closed sets right it's all it is um and that's what this was trying to do but kind of misfired so uh but i don't know i mean i think we're all in agreement that we're all gonna see what they do in season two it's a big ip i'm so surprised microsoft let this out the way they did historically so protect stop pretending things are normal people needed people are literally trying to get whatever content they can out the door. But, but I know. But that's We're why I made the point up front. Where there's like there's five modern, currently shot during pandemic sci-fi shows that are better than this. It all came out within the last 12 months, right? In the video game front, we had The Witcher Season 2, which to me is a far better video ga- game adaptation. Right. With a small are, are, Before you go in too deep into this, are any of these new shows with new casts and everybody coming together, or are they established? 
So Foundation, I would say The Witcher new. Um, no, certainly. but there are people who are coming back and shooting a show they've already gone through. And The Witcher had well, plenty of fucking was, problems was, in season one. So that was in a healthy world. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Most people uh, – but the point is like I, I just want to stop like – I mean, and for the sake of the people in the industry, like I want to stop pretending like this is all being done under normal circumstances. I'm curious. People are like making these shows and stuff like it. It. I don't think under a normal time period, like they would have let a nine episode season with this kind of finale out the door. But like, I think people are literally yeah. This thing's a mess for for years, though, right? So this one's a kind of unique outlier in that respect, a little bit. Because, sorry, Ben. No, no, no. You go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to kind of shift the subject a little bit. Oh, so go ahead. Because it, it was a couple of years ago when this thing was in work. You know, it was pre-pandemic. This thing was going for it for 10 and then nine episodes for Showtime. And I, I don't know the timeline of the showrunner. Like a secondary showrunner was kind of added. And then one of the two dropped out during production, which is like, you know, red flags everywhere. And then they ultimately all got replaced by another showrunner for season two. So the timeline of that, I, I imagine, I think there was reshoots and delays because of the pandemic. But um in terms of like the 200 plus script drafts or whatever they were quoting, that was all pre pandemic. So, uh, you know, we know yeah, the history. Let's just to put shit the on the table. Like right now there is a clear lack of being able to complete visual effects up to this par true. in a complete thing because they're so backlogged. Like yeah. one thing yeah. we didn't really factor in the pandemic. I mean, people have all had this kind of fantasy that like, Oh, well at least they'll have more time to bump the things up. And it's like, no, everybody was at home. There was nobody manning the computers. There was nobody doing the ones and zeros. Now they need all this stuff done and it's all backlogged. So like, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, I just want to put that asterisk on it in terms of like, when we're asking the question, how can a studio let this out the door? It's like, people are trying to get whatever content they can out there. Oh, no, no doubt. You're absolutely right on that. Certainly from Showtime Paramount network perspective, like this thing was a big pillar. They had to get it up. Also, it's at a time when, Paramount Plus is one of the, the newer services. And it worked. One of the- and it worked. Like, yeah, Paramount, it's one of the most popular shows, no doubt. Paramount um, Plus jumped in like to 68 million subscribers, and I think it got 8 million from December through the first two quarters of, of the year, largely driven by the anticipation and launch of Strange New Worlds. No, no. <laughs> Hells yeah, baby. No, Strange that's New Worlds. I mean, no, that's the Dark that's Horse show. Kid. Yeah, that's no, it's a show, show, baby. Classic yeah, Star Trek, um, but um, b- because of Halo anticipation, so like yeah. no, um, it's a huge, huge IP. I, I, my my quote is not so much about the production aspect of it; it's more like there's a well-known, well-documented history of, of Microsoft being so like anal about uh, right. having final approval over every piece of licensed merchandise, like the Mega Bloks toys to the McFarland figures. Like everything has to go through this strict approval process, and then you just see the IP on the game front, like Halo Four. Five and now Infinite are just kind of like sinking, right? And then and are coming out with the worse state than the prior release, right? And the show finally comes out after like every big name. The, the Rupert Wire was attached to this thing. Spielberg and Peter Jackson were attached to this thing. All these like epic industry names. And then twenty years later, we kind of <laughs> end up with this. Uh, it's just you know, it's what I a, yeah, you know, sad fall. What I was yeah, what I was going to ask Kofi is like when you say. And I agree with you a lot on this. It's like, but what do you think? Do you feel like in the fact that, you know, when you say like, you know, we're not living in normal times and, you know, people are just doing whatever they can do to get content off and we kind of have to like take that into consideration. Do you approach that from the standpoint of like, 
like kind of film history, it's like, we'll look back on this time. Or do you actually think, you know, that it's kind of like, you need to cut, we need to like lower expectations and cut people some slack. Like, would you say this show is better than, you know, people are giving it credit for because of the conditions under which it was, it was birthed? Or would you sort of still say, yeah, this was a, you know, this was a mess. It deserves to be called a mess, but you put the asterisk next to it of saying like, there's a lot of reasons it was a mess. I'm just, I'm not making excuses for the show. I, I'm saying like, be, I just want to be real because I think it's, it's irking me that it's been not really kind of part of the conversation that yeah. we're leaving out. But like, I think, yeah, I, I am a big staunch believer that we are going to look back. There will be a look back at this point in history and we'll all be like, holy crap. Just like, look at, any and everything like that. <laughs> the we carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Going. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like, true. yeah, like Venom, um, just Eternals, yeah. like the stuff that came out in just like, I mean, 2020 was just carried by whatever people still had in the, in the pipeline, but like around mid 2021 from on then on every TV show started acting weird and having scenes where it's just like two people in a room and like, no, yeah. no other things and having to block things out, all kinds of weird. And I think we're going to look back if and when Hollywood, I mean, this is not a good time to talk about this as I've, you know, gotten, you know, <laughs> how many cases I've, have I heard of people having today? Like, and like, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh wait, shit from <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, I have COVID uh, right now, baby. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So I mean, and Rob was Rob. Saying, I can credit I give credit where credit is due. Rob was one of the most careful people I know when it came to came to COVID too. So like, well, it's at a this testament point, to how oh kind God. of insane everything is. Yeah, this isn't yeah. COVID classic. At this point, there is no more careful. Like we've we've now produced <laughs> yeah. variants that are like, yeah, fuck your mask. And like I'm crawling. Out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like what we're doing now. That's, like what yeah, Omicron, yeah, yeah. that's the whole thing of Omicron um, was like. I mean, so yeah. like now we're on Omicron B or C or D. There's also monkeypox are going around. I don't know, man. Everything sounds yeah. like an onion article now but um, <laughs> like, it is it's crazy like um yeah so like i can't i mean i'm pretending like this is all going to end and we're going to get to the end of the covid era in movie making but i'm just saying like we are going to be able to look back and be like holy shit this was weird like everything was so weird here and like look at how crazy everything just feels like chaotic and incomplete and everybody yeah. in interviews and the actors and everybody's just gonna be like like, I just want to know, like, what Elizabeth Olsen was drinking before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness premiere, like, because she was on 10, but I was like, man, I know a chemical 10 when I see one, like, I just want to know, but uh, people have been stressed, man, like, yeah, and, and rightly so, it's been a crazy time in Hollywood, like, everybody else has just been trying to hang on, and I know from the amount of things I've had to write or just come up with as quote-unquote story topics the last few years, like, yeah, man, it's hard out here for content. So I just think, yeah, it's going to be a weird time. And I think Halo is going to be one of the most striking examples because, like I said, I think it's a really interesting just cascading scale of when you're like, okay, at least they're chipping along and I see something solid here till holy shit, this is going down the toilet fast. Like, wow, <laughs> till the very last battle till it's like, wow, man. I guess yeah. you just had to run the simulator with whatever budget you had left on the simulator when you press play, right? Like that's yeah. all you had. And it's just, I, like, I, yeah. I hope, cause there's certainly like companies like Marvel being a good example where like 
we kind of hate the fact that they're dropping practical sets and locations for all the stage work. And as a result of the pandemic, many more shows have had to close off sets and smaller crews. And uh, I think we talked about, maybe Kofi, you mentioned this, Ben, both of you guys talked about this. Like Severance was all shot in the tiny little like small groups in small room. You know what I mean? They got creative with it and it fits for that premise. But I hope this doesn't mean with all the new rules and union rules and COVID safety protocols that we, we don't lose that movie magic of these like grand scale set pieces and, and going yeah. to places and doing the stuff. You know what I mean? The stuff that Tom Cruise and Ridley Scott always do. You know what I mean? Um, there's something special about that. But uh, before we dwell too much on this, I, I do, if you guys haven't seen it, I would, I highly recommend you watch the foundation. It's the, based on the Asimov sci-fi novels. It's on Apple. It launched end of last year, a few months ago. It was also shot during the pandemic. It, it got halted a couple of years ago in production. They had to delay it because of COVID and stuff like that, but they finished it up. It's 10 episodes. And I want you to compare that to this. It's, it's a lot of overlap in how they handle character stuff and the space stuff. So, um, that is how you make a fucking sci-fi show during a yeah. pandemic. I've been uh, I've been working through for all mankind. I hadn't watched that when it was coming out, so I've been working my way through that, and I I've been really reading it. Yeah, and I've been reading the Expanse books just because I love the Expanse so much. Like, and they, you know, they basically ended on the second trilogy of the books, and I want to just read. I want to get to where I'm reading the third trilogy so that I can like, another fantastic show. Yeah, yeah. Um, for all mankind is by Ronald D. Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica, yeah. sort of his like his original thing. So season three is. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll talk about That's that in so the future, good. but very cool show. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, all right, well, you guys want to switch gears to some Marvel talk? There's been some Marvel TV uh, TV news. Yeah, speaking of stretched VFX budgets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Daredevil, Daredevil is coming to Disney Plus with a new season, um, and we got the first She-Hulk trailer. So I, I am not actually a huge fan of the Daredevil TV series, so I was not overwhelmingly excited about this. Um, really? Yeah, and I know that's controversial. What is wrong with you? Well, I liked I liked the first couple seasons, but I felt like it was kind of getting off, getting off oh, track. But that's just, that's just, you're just describing the Netflix Marvel experience. When you say like you like the first couple seasons, that's like what you say about every one of those shows. <laughs> that's like who loves Jessica Jones season three? Come on. I think didn't we do oh, yeah. a total geek all podcast, Rob? Where like we got pretty like pretty heavily, you know, shit on for just talking about how annoying foggy was in like the second or third season. I can't remember, uh, but I feel like, I do I feel like Andrew Dice was going on and on and on and on and on about like how terrible oh, foggy he was. He hated season one, but he yeah. was like in, a, in one of them, one of them scream ant writer and editor, Andrew Dice were talking about. Yes. Um, he, yeah. he was uh, co-host of the total geek hall podcast. Uh, yeah. One of the spiritual predecessors to this. He, he, he was very in like the, uh, I think defend Arrowverse phase. Um, yeah. which meant shit on MCU, Marvel, Netflix stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. But he, he, yeah, we, we, we were nit- nitpicky about that. But yeah. truth be told, I thought Daredevil season one was like ahead of its time. Compared yeah, to I like season one now. a lot. Yeah. Season two was a mess, but it gave us Punisher and Electra, which were pretty good. Burned yeah. ball amazing as Punisher. But season three of Daredevil, and I, I hope Kofi agrees, was I thought awesome. Like some of the best Marvel TV out there. So um I think I think it's possible that I did not watch season three oh, of that show. Man. Yeah, Get so maybe Bullseye and Wilson Fisk back. Oh man! Yeah, so oh, yeah. Season I... three was amazing with Bullseye, bro. You didn't see the Bullseye origin episode? Is like one of the <laughs> so best origin good. episodes of in all of any 
any Marvel thing ever. Like it's literally one of the best origin episodes like you'll ever see. It's insane. I think as we I think as we talk about this, I did not watch it. The office fight is one of the best action sequences. Oh yeah. (laughs) The office fight is amazing. Uh the prison sequence over the single shot sequence in season three was the best of the show. Yeah, the prison sequence, the prison trap is amazing. That whole episode's amazing. It's one of the best episodes I've seen of like TV period. But which prison yeah. trap? You talking about the, the Burnthal prison escape or, or no? In season three, wherein he goes to talk to Fisk in oh, prison. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and Fisk is like turns the whole prison into a trap, and he has yeah. and like he has to get out as Matt Murdock, and he's like there. There's no costume. There's no nothing, and he has to get out. He has to survive and get out without letting people know that he's a superhero. And it's a single take sequence when he's trying to leave the prison. And it's like this incredibly long single take sequence from just, and it's just simple. He's in the middle of a prison. It's all shut down and rioting and he has to get out into a cab and like, that's just a single take. Like you wouldn't even know it was bullseye if you didn't read up on it. Cause he's just like a, a character and he's slowly like over the course of like eight episodes kind of becomes you, you realize he's not all there. and Oh, my God. It's so well done. And like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. That office sequence where everything is a weapon is amazing. <laughs> oh, my so God. I'm, it's I'm, one of the best fights ever. It's And it's like <laughs> it's real Daredevil versus Bullseye because they both have their power sets. And like yeah. it's just fucking amazing how they can like keep pace with one another. Sorry, ben. And also that guy uh, – sorry, Ben. But that guy who plays Bullseye <laughs> was – and I've been wanting to talk to you guys about this like – he was the guy that my friend called me from California when we had the inside track to who was going to become Captain America. Like when we oh, always right, had yeah. that, like scoop yeah, yeah. When, back in the day. Oh, yeah. Shit. He, that was him. That was one of my friends from like middle school and high school, a guy I knew who called me up and gave me that source that it was him. That was That's the guy. Crazy. And we ran it. Like he was going to be like, the, he was on deck for the next Captain America and most likely was going to be it, which he was like, now it's all, I mean, when he did daredevil that, that all came out like yeah mm-hmm. he it was down to him and like chris evans he he was in there and like yeah chris evans that's sweet man got it but uh yeah I, that was crazy right i hope they can find a way to bring that bullseye back for some oh yeah he was great or something he, yeah oh my god yeah like underrated said, like like when you just find out like his whole thing with like just women and stuff like that how they slowly like make it seem like he's an okay guy and then slowly but surely you're just like oh man that was so great marvel daredevil was great just by making you realize everybody's a creep like everybody's trying to kill you i've officially officially confirmed i looked at images from the season i did not watch it um yeah i don't remember any of this so i you Um, know what it was though i got i got really really burned out with kind of all the defender stuff i really fell off around like iron fist and then there was like, you know, they're bringing Electra back for different things. And I just, I, as much as I liked the characters and I liked all the casting and I liked, it was almost kind of like it was trying to do, I mean, it was, it was trying to do kind of its own like little mini like Avengers TV thing. And it, it started getting way too complicated and way too mashed together for well, me to check out the MCU now, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. So like, maybe it was kind of a precursor for, for what, you know, was to come for the movies, but I will go back and watch this now because I actually, you know, Bullseye is one of my favorite kind of villains in like Daredevil comics and everything. And I, I do love different interpretations of him. So like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm yeah, do, that. do that, prioritize it, let us know. But regardless, I still think overall the Daredevil arc, despite season two's woes and, you know, of course the defenders 
is a far higher tier of television than anything the MCU has brought us in Disney Plus. And I, I know I tweeted about that today, but um, I am very ecstatic to see Charlie Cox back. To me, he's one of the greatest castings, greatest actors the MCU has. So it was a no-brainer that Kevin Feige had to bring him back. You can never recast him uh, after with him still being interested and in all the fan love for him. Um, the trades are reporting that there are writers attached, right, to this Daredevil show and that it's a continuation yeah. but also a new series – and, and of course, Charlie Cox has been hinting at this for a while about a new costume and maybe he has the yellow costume and all this stuff. So um, I, my concern, I'm excited, but my concern is how, like, is this going to be as good as Daredevil on Netflix or is it going to be like just Disney as Plus good as the other Disney Plus shows, which to me are like, yeah. you know, they're in the middle of the road sort of TV. It's not quite, it's watchable, but not great. You know, I want greatness from Daredevil. He deserves that. Right. So well, I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah, you do you really think the so I loved Loki though. I put Loki up there with some of the better, like I would say those Netflix. I, I really Marvel appreciate movies. a lot of the Loki stuff, and certainly a lot of greatness in in, in WandaVision as well. But uh, especially when you go back and look at the details and the performances, but um, Loki's cool. It's just a little messy for me, and I think they made some mistakes with the Loki character. Uh, it doesn't quite fit some of the stuff. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, no, I really enjoyable. It's a beautiful show too. They did some really cool visual stuff in the later episodes. Yeah. But because uh, yeah, when I saw your tweet, that was the first thing I thought of. Is I was sort of like, well, I I would put Loki up there. Wandavision was, you know, there were messy components to that, and where it ended up in the MCU as far as leading into Multiverse of Madness wasn't <laughs> was not what we were expecting. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I but I do understand. I mean, there was like a grittiness, and like you really the characters on the Netflix shows really had to carry it through performance in a way that these MCU shows probably have. Yeah, and, and the action, and they weren't VFX heavy. They were all yeah, intentionally yeah. street level and grounded. Right. But yeah. like there are five shows on Netflix that have action sequences that nothing in the MCU compares to, which is yeah. weird because we have 26 movies and a dozen TV shows or whatever. Right. It just seems odd that, nothing can compare to Charlie Cox's Daredevil fighting people. If you don't have a hallway fight, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw a pretty awesome single shot in that Halo finale today. So, oh. you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, pretty, uh, pretty next level. As far Me as too. Goes. The end credits. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Great one shot. Uh, that's another thing. I thought there would be an end credit scene on the Halo, Halo finale. And there would definitely Stop be. Stop it. Uh, I stuck around through those. I stuck around through those credits, man. And there was oh, nothing. Bloody um, okay. So, uh, well, what do you guys, so what do you want from this then? Like, who are you hoping maybe villains? Like, what do you, you know, what are you kind of hoping? Do we talk, wait, I fall asleep. What are we talking about? We're still talking about Daredevil. Okay. Daredevil season um, four. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, we have an excellent comic book nation episode that was entirely mostly dedicated to just talking to Vincent D'Onofrio who we got to yeah, sit down yeah. with for like 35 minutes right after Hawkeye. Um, and Sweet. yeah, like I just want him and he, he, I mean, he laid it out just kind of like what the differences were doing Marvel Netflix and Marvel MCU, but that it doesn't have to change Kingpin because Kingpin's just somebody who's supposed to scare you, whether it's, you know, strangling Ben, you know, over the reporter yeah. over the desk or just being able to threaten somebody's family and make, make you be like, Holy shit, that's vicious. Uh, <laughs> like he can, do it and so i just want that dynamic back i think that's what everybody wants we want that core kingpin daredevil kind of rivalry dynamic back um but it'll be in a different way and so i think marvel should after seeing what they, i'm a little more confident after seeing what they did with moon knight 
and seeing how far they were willing to go with some of that stuff, that there are kind of clever ways you can get around it, you know, the brutality and of what daredevil does and some of the kind of crazy fights and the murders and stuff like that. Uh, so you don't have to always have a guy sticking his own eye on a fence. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just Netflix for you, but yeah, so they they can make it still kind of hard hitting street and something different, but, uh, still make it very much daredevil. And so I want that core dynamic, but in a new world, obviously, like we're in a different world. Like I'm just kind of scanning articles right now and we're going to talk about She-Hulk, but like it should be nothing to see like Jennifer Walters hire Jessica Jones to get some dirt on a super villain, you know, that she's trying to put away and, you know, have to go in a court against Matt Murdock and then all of this turn into some like kind of other throwdown. Like this, even if these people are not getting all superheroed out, just having crossovers with the actors and having that sandbox there is obviously the key main difference of appeal that all the fans would want is daredevil back, but in this sandbox. Right. So yeah. we already started to get that. And, you know, after a while, cause Kevin Feige has to play 4d chess with all of this reality. And so like, when we look back, you'll start to see that when we see like, you know, Spider-Man no way home, like why is Charlie Cox only in there for like a split second? Right. Like yeah, but that's yeah. just kind of what Marvel's doing now. And Kevin Feige has been kind of upfront about that. Just like, having those little things that make the sandbox feel really kind of big. And, you know, as I said in the article I just wrote, I, I think that's what's missing from the magic from Marvel right now is phase one. We were all so jazzed up I mean, up until that Avengers one weekend day, you know, opening weekend, uh, you know, what was it now? Like 10 years and a couple weeks ago. God, yeah. Yeah, so, it was. Um, yeah. Can you believe that? And so like, yeah, I can, but, um, <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> yeah. uh, but like, yeah, the feeling I think that's missing from phase four is like, for me, I think Shang Chi is the only project that has, you know, introduced a new character and made his world and everybody in it and the prospect of it being connected to the larger sandbox and that being exciting to for the future to complete that whole task and on all fronts. Right. So like, I think we need to get back to however we're doing this and I can link this together with She-Hulk is however we're doing this, like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get back to making this feel like there's a point to the story. Everything is kind of connected into it, even if it's just by minuscule connections, because not everything was always feeding the infinity. Not every phase, you know, one, two or three. Well, not for me. I mean, three did, but not every phase one or two project had to have an infinity stone in it. Right. Like we could do plenty of movies yeah. and stories that didn't have to, but they still fed towards the larger purpose of this single storyline. And I feel like that's what Marvel needs to get back. So how wherever we are, whether it's on the street with Daredevil or, you know, up in the skies with Thor, Nova and all this, like, I, I just need to feel a larger sense of purpose, not just a big sandbox where we're just like, look over here, then look over here, then look over here. Like, I, I want it to matter again. So, like, I need Daredevil to connect and start to matter to stuff. And I also yeah, can't have shit makes- like Spider-Man living, like, right above where Hawkeye's fighting and Daredevil here and this person there. And, like, yeah, it's it's got to start to make sense. Yeah, now they have no excuse, right? Given that they own all the characters and they've set them all up, and most of them have met now. Or in the case of Daredevil, he's shown up in Spider Man. But uh, I think what we saw in, on, you know, the Netflix front with uh, 
Rosario Dawson's Claire kind of popping up in all those early shows, connecting them all together, leading up to the Defenders. I think you can get that. It sounds like we're, we're going to get that with these Netflix characters now. Like it sounds like, you know, Wilson Fisk is probably going to show up in Echo, which has begun production because of their connections in the comics and their Hawkeye connection from Disney Plus. And uh, like you said, the, the natural crossover between two lawyers now in Walters and She-Hulk and, and Matt Murdock, Daredevil there. There's, there's no reason not to do that. It'd be weird almost if they don't take advantage of these opportunities, right? Um, well, that's the working theory is that this is why – you know, people now try to get inside Kevin Feige's head. So it's like we got the Daredevil announcement after the She-Hulk trailer because soon we're going to have to start seeing marketing materials that reveal like, yeah, there's going to be a part of this show that has a case where she has to go up against Matt Murdock or something like that, right? That's um, it. Yeah, just maybe he's defending the spinoff because yeah. they're setting yeah. it up, yeah. And that's why you start seeing Echo first things because there's probably going to be an Echo Daredevil thing in that because you know, who doesn't want that cool-ass fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to probably get – and Echo was a Daredevil character, so he'll probably show up there. I mean, and that's why Charlie Cox is probably cool just doing that one little brick or whatever it was catching originally before they digitally altered it. Uh, what was that, what that was supposed to be? I forget. They threw through the window and no way home because they digitally altered it to like a brick or something. But anyway, uh, I didn't know that was supposed to be something else. It was supposed. It wasn't. It, supposed it to be was a brick no, no. It was something else, and then like they changed it to whatever it was in the final shot. Um, huh. But anyway, so like you know that's why he's cool doing that because he's probably like yeah I'll do this one scene as a little signal to fans that I'm back before you see me in like. You know, yeah. over in Echo and then over in, you know, She-Hulk and before we get Daredevil proper back in his own series. So, you know, um, for those wondering, it was a snow globe that was initially thrown. Or no, thank oh. you. Yeah. Or Daredevil, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, okay. Well, let's change. shift. Yeah. Let's shift gears then a little bit to uh, to She-Hulk. What do you guys think of the trailer? I, I, I was on about how Halo. How dare you talk about Halo? How dare you? Everybody's having visual effects problems, clearly. (laughs) I I was saying, I mean, we still have a few months out. Um, I'm optimistic this will look better than it does. I I do think it looks fun. Um, And it's, you know, it's fun seeing Bruce Banner back and, you know, Smart Hulk there and everything. Um, I, I am more interested in this than I am some of the other Disney Plus shows that are in the pipeline. But I do understand that it hinges on them improving those those VFX some because they do look a little janky right now. But I'm optimistic that they'll, you know, the Kevin, Kevin Feige will roll out the dump truck full of money, fast track some good VFX there. And I doubt that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with shots it. for the trailer. Is they have there is no money. Like you can put all the money out, but there's no human personnel to do it. To do it, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, people have tons of money for baby formula. You know, like, <laughs> oh, it's just, shit, true. and it's not even a joke. Like we just, we're, we're really living in a crunch of, we've had two years where society has sputtered and sputtered and sputtered along because like, we've had to stop every two seconds because of COVID and like, yeah, we are backed up. Like things are fucked, man. Like, like our entertainment is really like, we need more. Se- we basically need more severance. We basically need everybody and maybe this will be interesting if this happens because I predicted a lot on the previous podcast. It's time to get like, you know, it's time to get my precog on again. But like, maybe this will force everybody to go back to that George Lucas, Steven Spielberg spirit again. Like, yeah, we don't have the resources like we used to. 
like we got to get creative because that's what I feel like. I, I honestly feel like that's a big part of like what made severance work is they were able yeah. to do that yeah, yeah. And, and make that thing work within the constraints of what, what could be done. And that's a creative thing. And I think maybe we're just going to have to do that because like, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, is, I think what's going to carry this is Tatiana Maslany. Like yeah, you can't there. lose because she's, she's there and that's why you get her because no matter how, cause you hedge your bet saying no matter how ridiculous this turns out looking like she's, she's going to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. So she, and I think remember, that's it. Dude, but. I'll never forget on the old podcast where we talked about orphan black and how the different clones were like kind of a weird psychological experiment for like what kind of, you know, partner you were most attracted to. Do you remember that conversation? I remember that. Uh, I allegedly, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys even made your choices. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, we did. We were talking about like, you know, without getting just like gross here or anything. It's it, just the idea <laughs> that you have these, you know, you have these different versions of the same human in some ways and like which of the personalities, you know, are you drawn to because they basically look the same. They're just, you know, styled a bit different. And the, I will, uh, I will always love that conversation. I thought that was so fun. But I mean, that show was just so good. And she was so great in it. And it was exciting to see her cast um, in this role. And I do, I do think she's going to kill it. I think she's going to be able to carry it, even if these, these VFX are questionable, but I'm still optimistic that, you know, they're going to improve some of this stuff. But. I have, I have no I mean, concern with her. It's the CGI is an issue, obviously from the trailer, but it, I'm more concerned about <laughs> her cousin. It's Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. I'm worried about, he, yeah. you know, he's, he's, you know, he, the weakest of the original Avengers in terms of story. And it's kind of all over the place. And even now we left him as smart Hulk with a permanently damaged arm. And then we see him in Shang-Chi. He's back to human form with a damaged arm. And in this, he's back to being smart Hulk with an <laughs> arm. And it's like, guys, you got to – I hope they have a valid explanation for all this. But um, Yeah, just like how did Iron Man go and be like, I don't need suits to be like, I'm fucking with suits again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, from Iron Man 3 to Avengers 2. Like, oh, 100%. Mysteries yeah. of the MCU. Oh man, it's so uh, I hope it's not dumb. Like the dialogue seems, it, it's, it's they're going for a more humorous tone. We should also yeah. say they changed the title of the show. It's called Attorney at Law now, right? She Hulk Attorney at Law. So they gave it a yeah. subtitle. Because um, before it was just She Hulk, right? That's right. Like, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just She Hulk. Yeah. And they changed the logo three or four times too, um, which always happens with these shows. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the cast is great. You got the big stars and Tatiana and, and Ruffalo, obviously. Tim Roth is back from. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, which is fun to yep. see. So, uh, and uh, we'll get cameos from Wong, and I'm sure, you know, like we said, some of these Daredevil characters probably. So, it, it's a it's an exciting proposition. It, it's curious that they keep choosing these VFX heavy shows up front, given all the issues we, we talk about now. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll see where this takes Hulk. There's a lot of wild rumors about what this means for the future of Hulk and the Avengers and stuff. So, I'm very curious on that front. The MCU, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Venus has yeah, had his day. It's time to move on. Some people making that joke for sure. Um, it, do you the VFX on Banner look pretty good though? Is that just because they have that character model, they so they're model, able to, right? So yeah, yeah, that's what I was because well, I, I no. Think, let's get into the real thing here. She's deep faked. We're all just also real, real goddamn sexist deep down. That's that's just what it is. Like we're we're all <laughs> ten times more critical about how a female green character looks as opposed to like a male green character. Like you give yeah, us any way halfway. I mean, going all the way back to Ang Lee, like you give us any halfway passable 
concept of the Hulk, and we're like, oh man, yeah, and like <laughs> we're, we're like, you <laughs> no, and it's instant, it's instant Fiona. Oh come on, like Incredible Hulk, you know, like come on. It, it, now it's like instant Fiona jokes. Like as soon as we get one trailer with, oh, I did see that. She Hulk, yeah. yeah, like it, yeah. it's. We're, we're, I mean, we can't stop being sexist, even down to the to the green aliens. I mean, but I mean, then again, I, after after going into like Lola Bunny obsessions and things like that, I'm not I'm not surprised about any. The, of the internet took us there. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, it's true. I think it I think it does look fun. You know, we'll see how these VFX turn out. Um, but it does it does feel a little bit like you know the lowest you know, form of criticism of it to just sort of like be crapping all over the VFX at this point, in my opinion, but, like it, I mean, it's fine to point it out, but it's like, it is, some of it is kind of almost mean spirited. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think echo might be the first, first time we get another one of these female led Marvel Disney plus series since WandaVision where I can answer the question, like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, what's the larger point? Like we're doing here. I am not I'm going to go on the record and just say I'm not confident about Miss Marvel or She-Hulk. I'm not confident mm-hmm. about either of those series. I think there's a lot of holes in Moon Knight that were plugged up simply because Oscar Isaac put yeah, on a fucking clinic in that show and they did yeah. some interesting things. But it's a show that literally gets around having to do any action sequences with blackouts, like for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like they they pulled those tricks off again, getting creative, <laughs> like Severance. Uh, yeah. Like, but uh, I'm not confident in Ms. Marvel or She-Hulk, not because I don't trust the people making it or the people or the care or the actors participating in it. I mean, the COVID thing again, the visual effects thing again. I'm wary of for everything right now, but it just feels like are we getting something besides just kind of a weird, um, what's the word you use here? Uh, kind of pandering. Here's some more female characters for you. Like type thing. Like, is there going to be like, what's the larger point about the character themes and like the MCU connections therein? Like, well, yeah, it's true. I mean, your, your point is, I mean, it's what it's like, if you're going to put forward all these female characters, like do them justice. Right. I mean, that's the thing I think you're saying is like, is this, is the CGI here? If you're going to do she Hulk and you're going to cast Tatiana Maslany, like, are you setting Tatiana Maslany and she Hulk up for success with this show? Or did you just do it because, you know, you, you want to create, you want to inject some more, you know, female characters or something like that. And that's not, that's not us at all being against the idea of, you know, females sort of taking over the MCU. I think we're kind of here for that, but it, it does need to have, like, you need to, you need to show up for those characters. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. Like WandaVision was a clear, like my, I'm just making it simple. Like WandaVision was a clear point to the MCU saga. Like it wasn't yeah. just a show for Wanda while well, Wanda tried on dresses and played TV things. It was, it was a direct point. Like what happened to her? how it affected her and like how it awakened her power. Like all that stuff was very pointed and very well done. Echo. I already feel will be the same way because 
Yeah. It'll be about Maya Lopez coming to terms with like, you know, dedicating herself to a lie and you know, all that. You can already see like a clear arc. It's just she Hulk. I'm really struggling to see like what the point was in all of this. Like uh, I, I'm of two minds on this. I mean, <sighs> I see sketches of, the- of it. I think, let me just finish them. I thought before I lose it. Sure. Um, I, I think the one thing that stood out is the scene where she rips the door off the containment cell. And like Bruce yeah. is trying to, and, and the whole idea of her being kind of like a woman in the world trying to deal with things and, and how easy it would be to just freak out and lose control, kind of like Hulk, but she has to do something better, you know, more evolved, yeah. right? Um, and I get that, but like, I think this trailer maybe didn't stress it enough that way. And hopefully they'll show something else that will kind of get the framework yeah. on it. On the point about the, the larger kind of role in the MCU, I mean, obviously from the comics, like Miss Marvel and She-Hulk are the bigger players, and you know, there's team up implications there for champions and Avengers teams and all that stuff. I do think She-Hulk will play into the Hulk. I think we'll set up Hulk's arc, and then also She-Hulk as a potential Avenger. And what you're saying is true. Like her, her playing a more controlled Hulk, like it's not a Jekyll and Hyde situation for this character. It's different. She's in control, but she's in the limelight. She's this famous lawyer who everyone sees as this very obvious superhero as well so that's that's kind of a fun gimmick to play with in the show front the but the other characters though are more more different it, it is funny at this timeline where we are in phase four to be jumping into these spin-offs of spin-offs so echo being an example and then the also the agatha show which is spinning off of one division like those seem like odd picks given the roster of characters people are still waiting for so I'm curious what they're going to do with those, but uh, it's funny. I, I'm for the Miss Marvel of all the trailers and stuff we've seen for upcoming shows. Miss Marvel is the one I'm, I'm probably most excited for. I think that trailer just feels the most complete and consistent with what it's trying to do, and it feels and looks different. And and obviously, it's setting up you know uh, the Marvels, the Captain Marvel sequel. So this, you know, but but uh, we'll see. Uh, I think the Miss Marvel trailer is one of the stronger ones we've seen for me personally, uh, especially compared to She-Hulk, which seems like remember all these big stars like all the CGI shit. It's crazy, but it doesn't look that great. So, uh, but I mean the cast and the fun factor, I'm sure it'll be a big thing. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Is it weird? They changed Miss Marvel's powers. I can't, I can't decide if I like that change or if I feel like it was a bit of a cop out. I mean, looking at this, it is weird. Um, you kind but of also, understand why they would have why they would have had to do that if this is what they're working I, with with CGI. What they're hinting at, it, it seems. Well, I don't know if it's that. I, I think. Look, the stretchy powers and giant arms and limbs look fucking stupid. Like Reed Richards will never look awesome in live action because it's just it's just yeah. a goofy thing to be stretchy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and also, if we are doing Reed Richards, which we are, do you want two characters to have a similar visual aesthetic? I yeah, don't know. And yeah. I think what they're hinting at too, with the the cosmic and humans factor, and like also tying into the Captain Marvel of it, I think they're trying to make her more like energy based, you know, which seems to yeah. be the thing. And they kind of hint at that. So there'll be reasons why it just looks neater too. I mean, having yeah. bright pink lights, it's sort of like the, it reminded me first of all of the character armor from the X-Men comics, like this kind of visual grid of energy, pink energy. Like it's kind of what they're yeah. kind of going for, um, which visually is pleasing. And it's visually different. Um, it was a goofy as shit. If the poster was her with a gigantic fist, like we saw in the video yeah, game. Yeah. And it just, it just doesn't, it would be weird. I think so. I kind of get it. I also understand the comics people being upset about it, but you know, I, I'm I think they're trying to tie it into the more cosmic stuff that way. You yeah. Know? It makes sense. I mean, it looks yeah. very like Shang-Chi rings type, you know, kind of yeah, like, it's no energy color. So the, uh, 
I did forget one thing I wanted to say about Halo that you just reminded me of. Uh, I did like the spaghettified, like like a uh, description that they were afraid they were going to be spaghettified. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't think that was uh, that was quite weird. Um, yeah. All right. Well, anything else before we, we wrap up here? I feel like we've, you know, we've probably touched this. Yeah, I think we hit it all. I, th- I think we can expect all, there's a lot of big events happening, right? So there's Comic-Con and then D23. So I think all these things like more She-Hulk, the other upcoming shows that like Kofi name dropped Nova. I'm sure we'll hear about that as a Disney plus yeah. series, maybe the daredevil confirmation. I'm sure I hope, you know, so I think we'll get a lot of end of phase four, phase five slate and release date announcements on Disney plus, but also the unannounced film, uh, you know, release dates, which Marvel has already planted their flag on. So, uh, yeah. you know, later this summer, we'll have a lot to talk about. Just for perspective, Miss sure. Marvel has racked up 20 million views since its debut, the trailer yeah, since its crazy. debut on March 15th. She-Hulk has racked up 16 million in two days. Man, yeah. How much of those are hate watches, though? That's the. But I guess it's you know it's still also all star cast. Who, who are the big actors in Miss Marvel? It's all new people, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll you know we'll see how these play out. I will be watching both of them after I watch season three of Daredevil um, because I'm on the hook for that. Have you watched Punisher season one and two of that? As I well? watched season one. I didn't watch season two. Oh boy, you, um, okay. I really did fall off these. Yeah, I really fell off these Netflix shows. Like, jeez, pretty pretty hard, I think. Um, but yeah, I understand that's a blank spot for me. Uh, all right, well, that wraps up episode two of Podcast X that we have uh, that we've come together united for. Rob Key's my co-host and and special guest Kofi Outlaw. Where can people follow you guys on social media? We'll start with Rob. Uh, yeah, we can follow our team's work on screaming.com and me on, on Twitter uh, at Rob underscore keys. It's K-E-Y-E-S. And I'm also failcube on Instagram and Twitch. Uh, you can find me, Kofi Outlaw, always over at comicbook.com, where I also host the Comic Book Nation podcast, which is your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. And uh, yeah, we're also streaming on Paramount Plus every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the ET Live channel. Check me out there and uh, just holler at me on Twitter at Kofi Outlaw. Awesome. You can follow me at Ben Kendrick on Twitter. Um, and that will do it again for this week's episode. One last reminder, if you are on those old podcast feeds, switch over. Search Podcast X. Search one of our names on your podcast uh, supplier of choice. We will be uh, we will be cutting access there at some point here. But otherwise, thank you guys for listening. Give us a rating on on your favorite podcast app. Five stars. Yeah, we five stars. We genuinely please. appreciate those. If you you know had friends that listened to the old Screen Rant Underground and you know they they fell off somewhere along the way, you know let them know we're back. Get them get them resubscribed. Get them back on the horse with us. Um, should be a should be a fun ride. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you all next week. <laughs>